Wildfire is threatening the communities of Clearwater River Dene Nation and Lalash. Tenants in London are furious that their landlord is evicting them and then doubling the rent. Women sues Health Authority in Montreal for not protecting her from COVID-19 while she worked at a long-term care facility and her husband died as a result. Another mass shooting rocks Serbia and Indonesian fishermen rescued after being shipwrecked after a cyclone. Good morning. It's Friday, May 5th. I'm Nora, and here are your headlines. A wildfire is forcing the evacuation at Clearwater River Dene Nation in northwestern Saskatchewan. Evacuation efforts have also started in Lolosh. Residents are being sent to Regina. It's hot, dry, and windy in the area. Despite the fire ban that's currently in place, this fire was started by someone. A photo taken by someone in the community and sent to NBC Radio shows four pickups on a road with a big plume of smoke behind them. Although the plume is in the distance, it doesn't look all that far away. Rain is in the forecast for later this week. Next to London, where 20 tenants of 1270 and 1280 Webster Street have received eviction notices. Among them is Crystal Barrett, who got the notice on her 83rd birthday. Her rent is currently $900 per month. The landlord wants to jack the monthly rent to $1,800. Barrett lives on a fixed income and has no way to pay double for her rent. She has nowhere to go. The owners claim that they need to double the rent because the building is in disrepair. One wonders who let the building get into disrepair. Oh, and also the ownership of the building changed hands. They claim that during the renovations... Barrett's unit and others, quote, will not be reasonably fit for habitation, unquote. While they should be helping tenants find a place to live, if that is indeed the case, they are promising to give people a lump sum of $5,000 if they leave. That might be fine if there were other rental units available, but it's cold comfort for anybody in London who knows that the rental market has been a disaster for more than a year. The article at CTV News by Brent Lale quotes Jordan Smith from Acorn. Smith called the situation a classic renovation, allowing a building to fall into disrepair and then using the renovation as a pretense to get rid of the tenants. And then the landlord doubles the rent. Smith said, quote, and with government tax rebates and tax breaks for investing in housing, corporations are incentivized to use this tactic, unquote. A stunning 89 percent of Londoners are renting from corporate landlords. The tenants at these apartments said that they don't actually know who the landlord is. That, of course, has a direct impact on how out of control the rental market is in that city. Crystal Barrett has never missed a rent payment. Her co-evictees and Acorn have vowed to fight this. CTV could not get a hold of the contact person listed in the eviction letter. Now to Montreal, where Amoti Firaha Lucy is suing the West Island Sius for not protecting her husband from catching COVID-19. Desiree Buna Ivara died after having contracted the virus from Ferrara Lucy, who was working in a long-term care facility called Foyer d'Orval. She caught it sometime around March 31st, 2020. Her lawsuit seeks $2.2 million for the loss of Ivara. Faraha Lucy was pregnant when Ivara died. She is on her own 
raising six children. It was her colleague who first showed signs of COVID-19 infection. She alleges that he was off only two or three days, but then returned to work. Faraha Lucy asked that her coworker be given more time off, but her boss refused, assuring her that no one would be asked to work if it put anyone else at risk. Her coworker eventually would be sent home, but by April 6th, Faraha Lucy started showing symptoms herself. Ivara caught it about five days later and would die after spending a month in a coma. Ivara had immigrated to Quebec from Congo in 2004. His family joined him a couple of years after, and they settled in the community of De Montaigne. He was nearly finished his PhD when he passed away. I want to give you another tragic update from Serbia now. Just 24 hours after a child killed nine people in his school, eight of whom were children, at least eight people have been killed and 13 others injured in another mass shooting. This one happened about 60 kilometers from Belgrade. The shooter opened fire from a moving vehicle and then fled, reports The Guardian. Police had not caught the man, believed to be 21, who, as of last night, was hiding from heavy police presence. Serbia was already in three days of mourning. Before the last two mass shootings, there hadn't been a mass shooting in Serbia since 2013. And finally, 11 Indonesian fishermen are back home after their boats were caught up in Cyclone Isa. They were shipwrecked on Bedwell Island. It's a stretch of white sand with no natural shelter or fresh water. One of them, Badko Sayed Jelating, said that he had been floating for more than 30 hours at sea. His bow had a crew of 10 people, including his brother, and Badko was the only one believed to have survived. When he made it to Bedwell, he found 10 other residents of Rhode Island, where he lives, who had been a crew on another boat called the Express One. Their boat had run aground on Bedwell Island. Bedwell Island's about 300 kilometers west of Australia's town of Broome. The men were on Bedwell Island for six days before the Australian authorities spotted them from the air. They had been drinking salt water and made a shelter from the debris from their boats, reports Al Jazeera. They hadn't eaten anything in those six days. While the authorities said that the men who did not have a permit to fish would not have been given a permit to fish because of the weather, Badko's mother told Al Jazeera that the men were forced to go out, their bosses insisted, and their poor people. Those are your headlines for Friday, May 5th. I'm Nora, and listen, next week. Next week, I'm going to be away the whole week, and I've been trying to figure out if I'm going to be able to do the Daily News podcast while I'm gone, and I don't think I'll be able to do it. The Daily News podcast adds about an hour and a half of work to my day every day. And as I'm going to be at the Canadian Labor Congress for the whole week, it just seems like it's not going to be possible. But listen, if you're in Montreal next week, Sandy is actually going to be there as well. And the two of us are going to head to some sort of bar or place, I don't know what, on Tuesday night. And we're inviting our fans to come along. We don't have a place yet. So listen to Sandy and Nora on Tuesday morning and you'll find out where we will be and if you're in Montreal, come check us out there. If you're not in Montreal, I'm really sorry. Next week, no daily news. But hopefully you'll realize that you miss it and you'll be excited to hear me come back a week later. But there will be an episode of Sandy and Norm. So hang tight for that.